After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
זוכרת את החורף ההוא, יכולנו לא לצאת מהשמיכה כל היום. שמענו את השירים של ההוא, קנינו כרטיסים הכי קרוב לבמה, סיימנו איזה מאה סדרות. את היית בוכה, הייתי מנגב לך את הדמעות, אהבת אותי כמו מטורפת, לאן את הולכת? ואת שורטת לי את הלב עם מפתח, ובשבילך אני אוריד את הירך, כבר אין לי אוויר לנשום אותך יותר מרחוק. וזה לא פייר שרק אני לא שוכח. וזה לא פייר שרק אני לא בורח, כבר אין לי מילים לכתוב אותך יותר מרחוק. זוכר את הנסיעה לאילת, נגמר לנו הדלק, איך נלחצתי את צחקת, תמיד היית רואה רק את הטוב, גם כשהייתי מתרחק היית נשארת הכי קרוב. היה לנו אחת השנייה, החברות היו אומרות לך זה הולך לחתונה, אהבת אותי כמו מטורפת, אז לאן את הולכת? ואת שורטת לי את הלב עם מפתח, ובשבילך אני אוריד את הירך, כבר אין לי אוויר לנשום אותך יותר מרחוק. וזה לא פייר שרק אני לא שוכח, וזה לא פייר שרק אני לא בורח, כבר אין לי מילים לכתוב אותך יותר
Crumble and the hillside will fade away. 
everybody together. The mountain will crumble. more time louder let's go the mountains will crumble and the hillside will fade away above my love for you I was made way back in 1842 by a humble man, a real God-fearing Jew, who did his work with honesty, with feeling and with pride. He was known in Kiev as Yankele the scribe. With loving care, his hands so sure and still, he formed me with some parchment, ink and quill. Each day he'd slowly add to me just a few more lines, with words to last until the end of time. And on the day that I was finally complete, the whole town came and filled the narrow street. And they sang and danced and held me high and carried me away to the little wooden shoe where I was staying. And as the rest. I held me close against his chest. He spoke out loud and clear to all the rest. He said, "No matter if you're very young or even if you're old, live by the words you'll find inside the scroll." 
Though the world's astray and has slowly lost its way, with the goal of virtue fading, there's a steady light that has kept away the night. With the brightness it's creating, can we bring the world its only sunshine? Only Tyra yields the hope for mankind. Let the beauty. Could we show the world a better tomorrow? Will our deeds illuminate? Break the clouds of certain fate, spreading rays of hope with tire of sunshine. With sunshine. It was a difficult time for the Jews. Under the Roman rule, they forbade the Jews to learn the Torah. The decree was harsh and cruel. Rabbi Akiva was not afraid. He said, "Come learn with me." The people gathered all around him to learn and forgot the terrible decree. They lift him on their shoulders and bring him to the cheder, where he licks the honey off the letters of the aleph bays, and with tears they pray to heaven for their precious little gem. May the Torah always be the sweet, the hearted Noah shed.
It casts its warm glow on the pages And the words that he sees Are the secret and the key That has kept us alive through the ages Why does he cherish the wisdom of old And delight in its study each day only Torah can nourish his soul come listen and hear what he says we was of the base
JM. It, there you go. JM in the AM. Torah medley done by Baruch Levine and friends. Eitan Katz before that with Everlasting Love. What a great song that is. Mikol Malam Dai. We've been playing that a lot from Avram Rosenblum and Diaspora. Adir Getz with Mifateach. Samchenu done by Azaria Klatsko. Zevi Weinstock and Ari Zucker together with Anim. Anim's Miros. Lule, Shlomo Katz. Been playing that a lot uh, recently as well. And a lot of people are curious about the upcoming project with Shlomo Katz. Don't worry, folks. You'll get the information. Mordechai Shapiro, brand new with Tamid Yesh Siban. Of course, Regesh. Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Thursday on this January the 13th, day 11 in the month of Shvat, the year 5782, Tufshin Pei Bays. Want to wish a uh, Mazal Tov to those who are finishing Meseches Megillah today in the study of Dafyomi. Want to wish a Hatzlachar Rabbah to those who are starting Moed Katan tomorrow on Friday as Dafyomi begins Moed Katan uh, tomorrow. Again, Hatzlachar Rabbah to all. What amazing accomplishments, the completion of these uh, Mesechtos. Uh, of the tractates of Talmud, and of course, uh, starting the next one. Amazing accomplishments by so many, God knows how many thousands, ten thousands, hundreds of thousands around the world. Simply remarkable. Kolakavod, 35 degrees with 70% humidity, winds are west at 2 miles an hour. Partly cloudy with a high of 44, then tonight overcast and a low of 36. Tomorrow morning clouds, afternoon sun, and a high of 40. 59 right now in Yerushalayim. We're at 35 here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM and the AM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. You know what it is. It's a Thursday, which means full schedule, of course, with a whole bunch of amazing things. Um, oh, wow. Mimi Seif sent me a message this morning that uh, she is attending Orbe Orleans' funeral, and she stopped by the uh, resting place of Mayor Weingarten. Uh, Mimi, thank you. Wow. Yes. Uh, ironically, after I spoke about how Mayor and Rabbi Orlean had so many amazing conversations on the air about the Hebrew language during our different specials, uh, uh, ironically, um, those who uh, were there today for Rabbi Orlean's funeral were able to visit Mayor as well. Wow. Uh, Thursday morning, JM in the AM. So, a couple of things. First of all, it is Thursday, as we said. Uh, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Thursday means full schedule. We'll give you that full schedule with a whole bunch of great information about the uh, uh, lineup for today coming up here on the Nahum Single Network. It will include our live lunch at 11 o'clock. It will include Mark Zamek and the Erev Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's happening at 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight. It'll be replayed at 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. tomorrow. Brand new Naomi Nachman tomorrow, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time after JM in the a.m. So we are chock full of amazing uh, brand new content, great programming, so much happening. And I thank you all for tuning in and being part of it. Don't forget Monday morning, it is our Tu B'Shvat special. We will have some of the old, some of the uh, look back at some of the old Tu B'Shvat specials. And, of course, we'll do some of the new. Rabbi Benji Kramer is going to join us at 7.15 on Monday morning, our Tu B'Shvat special for a Meir Milim segment, a segment about the Hebrew language. We'll do that uh, live uh, coming up on Monday morning. And uh, uh, we will try to include as many uh, wonderful segments about Tu B'Shvat as possible, all happening this Monday right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. couple of uh, Simcha Liner selections rise up and Shira Hadasha with the New York Boys Choir in between. And you did on a Thursday morning. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world of web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galit's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, NachumSegal Network app for Android and iPhone. And comment away. Boker Tov to listener Tikva, who is uh, 5,800 miles away, but tuned in to JM and the AM, and that is much appreciated, to say the least. 
Full schedule here today. It is a Thursday after all. You know what that means? It means don't touch that dial all day long. No reason to. We'll give you details about all the shows coming up a little later on in this uh, broadcast here at JM in the AM. Lots of things happening between now and uh, and uh, tonight because uh, tonight includes Mark Zomick and the Arab Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's happening at 7 p.m. with a replay at 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. tomorrow. So three opportunities to hear the Arab Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem and it is well worth it. Daf Yomi concludes Maseches Megillah today. Mazel tov to those who are being Messiah Megillah. And of course, Hatzlachah Rabbah to those who are starting Maseches Moed Katan tomorrow. 35 degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 44. We're at 59 here in Yerushalayim. Or not here, but 59 in Yerushalayim, 35 in New York City here at JM in the AM. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. גליצל מירושלים השעה שתיים, שלום רב באולפן אלעזר בן לולו עם מה שקורה עכשיו. האסון בבקעת הירדן בשעה זו מובא למנוחות בבית העלמין בקריית מלאכי רב סרן איתמר אל חרר זיכרונו לברכה. הלווייתו של רב סרן אופק אהרון זיכרונו לברכה תיערך בארבע ורבע בבית העלמין בגן יבנה. מפרטים חדשים של תחקיר הירי הדו צדדי עולה כי הכוחות שסרקו את השטח לא היו מתואמים ובאירוע שנמשך שניות ספורות לא בוצע נוהל מעצר חשוד. מוסיף פרטים כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון דורון קדוש. שני הכוחות יצאו לבצע סריקות אחר אמל"ח שנגנב מהבסיס ולא תיאמו זה עם זה את היציאה. קבוצת המפלגים זיהתה דמות חשודה והתקרבה לעברה, ואותו קצין הסתובב לאחור, ראה אותם במרחק של כעשרה מטרים בלבד עם נשקים שלופים, סבר שמדובר במחבלים וירה מבלי לבצע נוהל מעצר חשוד. ככל הנראה גם הם ביצעו ירי לאברוח מבלי לפגוע, תוך שניות ספורות הבינו את הטעות והזעיקו את כוחות הרפואה. הזינוק בתחלואה, משרד הבריאות מעדכן כי אתמול אובחנו 48,095 מאומתים חדשים לנגיף האומיקרון. מספר החולים באורח קשה עלה ועומד עתה על 283. הפרופסור דרור מבורך, מנהל מחלקת הקורונה בבית החולים הדסה עין כרם, אומר ליניר קוזין, 98% מחולי הקורונה נשאים של זן האומיקרון. הוא מביס את הדלתא, הוא מדביק הרבה יותר מהר וביעילות מבחינתו יותר גדולה, ולכן הוא בעצם מתגבר על הדלתא וממגר אותו. בתוך כך כתבנו בחיפה קובי מנדל מציין כי מחלקת קורונה נוספת נפתחה היום בבית החולים רמב״ם בחיפה, ובנוסף במרכז הרפואי לגליל בנהריה נפתחה מחלקת קורונה שנייה תוך שלושה ימים. הקורונה במערכת החינוך, יושבת ראש ועדת חינוך, חברת הכנסת שרן השכל, טוענת בגלי צה"ל, אחרי גל האומיקרון תשוב מערכת החינוך למיזם הכיתה הירוקה. אם אנחנו היינו כרגע, לפי דעת כל המומחים במשרד הבריאות, מאפשרים את הכיתה הירוקה בתוך הגל הנוכחי של האומיקרון, היינו רואים כמות כפולה של נדבקים. אני כן יכולה לומר לכם שיחד עם סיכומים אל מול משרד הבריאות, כן נאמר לנו שהם יחזירו את הכיתה הירוקה לאחר אותו גל אומיקרון. זו שיטה שעבדה, היא עבדה טוב. כתבתנו איילת ברון מציינת כי במשרד החינוך מעדכנים כי לפי שעה כ-50% מתלמידי גן עד כיתה ו' פטורים מבידוד, וכן 63 מתלמידי כיתות ז' עד י"ב. תושב שדרות, יחיאל אברמוב, בן 21, חשוד בביצוע עבירות מין בקטינות במוסדות חינוך בעיר. בית המשפט התיר לפרסם את שמו נוכח האפשרות שהוא ביצע עבירות בילדות נוספות. כתבנו בדרום רמי שני מוסר שבית משפט השלום באשקלון העריך בשבוע את מעצרו של אברמוב. בנוסף, הפרקליטות הגישה כתב אישום כנגד תושב המרכז בגין שורת עבירות מין שביצע בשלוש בנותיו בהיותן קטינות. 
מדווחת כתבתנו אנה פינס. מרבית עבירות המין המיוחסות לנאשם בוצעו בבית המשפחה. שם האב נהג לבצע בבנותיו מעשים מגונים ואף מעשי סדום. בנוסף לכתב האישום, הוגשה בקשה להאריך את מעצרו עד תום ההליכים נגדו. התחזית, גשם מקומי יורד בצפון הארץ וצפוי להתפשט גם למרכז, קיים חשש שיטפונות בנחלי מדבר יהודה וים המלח, והצפות במישור החוף. מחר יהיה דומה. מיד בגלי צה"ל, בן וקובי פראג' מארחים את הזמרת רבקה זוהר לרגל צאת אלבומה החדש בסוף החודש. אלה חדשות.
אני מאמין באמונה שלמה, ויעש המשיח. אני מאמין באמונה שלמה, ויעש המשיח. אני מאמין באמונה שלמה, ויעש המשיח. ויעש המשיח. אני מאמין באמונו של אימו, בביאס המושיח. אני מאמין באמונו של אימו, בביאס המושיח. אני מאמין באמונו של אימו, בביאס המושיח.
Eitan Freilich and Me'eis Hashem. You heard Bring It Home done by Eighth Day. Yonatan Razel's Hatov. 
Ani Mamin from Aish, and of course, Joey Newcomb's thank you, Hashem, to open up the hour here at JM in the AM. Thursday morning broadcast, it is 13th of January, 2022, believe it or not, the 11th of Shvat. Again, mazel tov to those finishing up Meseches Megillah today in Dafyomi. Meseches Moed Katan begins tomorrow. We say Hatzlacha Rabah on that. The news from Israel, this is always the worst news. Uh, two IDF officers were killed in a friendly fire episode. Uh, late Wednesday night, the military is calling it a serious friendly fire accident in the Jordan Valley. The officers were killed after a mistaken identification led to a friendly fire incident. So we remember, and um, they will be laid to rest very soon, 28-year-old Major Ofek Aharon and 26-year-old Major Itamar El-Harar, platoon commanders in the O's Brigade's Egos Unit. They'll be buried later today, Aron in the military cemetery in Gan Yavne and El Harar in the military cemetery in Kiryat Malachi. Always the worst friendly fire episodes that uh, take the lives of our best. And um, that, unfortunately, is what happened last night in Israel to two of our best. And um, our thoughts are certainly with their families this morning, or, well, yeah, as they're getting set this afternoon for the funerals in Israel. 35 degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 44, 59 in Yerushalayim. We're at 35 here in New York, as we say good morning at JM and the AM. In the 8 o'clock hour, we get to speak with uh, Gregory Zuckerman. He's author of the book, A Shot to Save the World, the inside story of the life-or-death race for a COVID-19 vaccine. He's a Wall Street Journal uh, columnist. Uh, or writer, I should say, and uh, he is the um, uh, author of a bunch of books, and the latest is A Shot to Save the World. We'll speak to him coming up here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zebin of Yosef Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in Yermia, the Kohanim did not say, where is Hashem? Our Chachomim ask, what did the Navi mean when he made this statement? After all, it is well known that Hashem is omnipresent. Where isn't Hashem? Moreover, why is there a specific criticism voiced against the Kohanim about this omission? We learn in the Talmud and Yuma, that 40 years before the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, there were certain phenomena which had up until that time been in effect, which was no longer in place. The large heavy doors of the Hechel, which up until then had miraculously swung open of their own accord in the morning and then closed in the evening, they no longer did so. The Ner Maravi no longer remained lit throughout the night until the next day. The red thread that was tied to the goat, the Ser Mishtalech that became the bearer of Klausrel's sins, no longer turned white. And lastly, the Gorol Hashem, the lot for Hashem, did not come up in the right hand of the Kohen Gadol, but rather in the left. The great Gon of Yosef David asks the question. He cites this passage and he notes that the Kohen Gadol should have thought about this he should have understood that there was something that was awry, 
The Kohen Gadol should have been questioning, Aye Hashem, where is the lot of Hashem that used to be drawn in the right hand? We know that the left hand represents the attribute of strict justice. The right is the attribute of loving mercy. Yet Klal Yisrael did not heed the sign. They didn't reflect upon the deterioration of their relationship with Avinu Shabbat Shomayim, their father in heaven. This was obviously indicative of the general spiritual decline of the nation, its leaders, which ultimately led to the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. Hashem sends us many different signs in this world, many signals. It says, If a person sees that things are not so good, something happened, it should only be small. They've got to take it to heart. They've got to change. They've got to do tshuva. That is why the Kohanim were held responsible because they didn't say, where is Hashem? They recognized that things had happened in the world, but they did not attribute it to personal conduct. May we all be zoche to besuros tavos, yeshuos v'nechamos, and the final signal of the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu, bimheirav yameinu, amen. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yehuda Green, what a song, huh? What a song. Shmak Holenu. Before that, Aish uh, from uh, Yaakov Shweki. You heard Yoni Z in Manasen. It's a Thursday. It's JM in the AM. Full day here, of course. Let me give you an example of what we're doing here at the Nahum Siegel Network today. Avrami just sent me the whole schedule. 9 a.m., it's Charlie Harari on the topic of modeling a gratitude mindset. Spin class with Michael Fragan. It'll be Michael and Mark Trencher, president of Nishma Research, discussing finances and affordability of Jewish life. At 10 a.m., it's Allison Josephs, joined by pediatrician and novelist Dr. Leah Shire to discuss her latest book, The Last Words We Said. That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach. Miriam is joined by Rabbi Anshul Pearl, spiritual leader of Chabad of Mineola, to preview their upcoming virtual Tubishvat Seder this coming Sunday night. Thursday live lunch from 11 until 1. We've got a 7 p.m. Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That'll be replayed at 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. tomorrow. And... Um, and, yeah, and tomorrow morning, Malcolm Holmline is expected on JM in the AM, plus our Tubishvat special coming up on Monday during JM in the AM. So there is a lot going on, a lot happening here at uh, the Nahum Siegel Network. No need to touch that dial. Keep it here all day long and certainly keep it here overnight and tomorrow as you'll be getting some amazing and incredible Erev Shabbos selections. Uh, Gregory Zuckerman is author of the book, A Shot to Save the World, the inside story of the life or death race for a COVID-19 vaccine. We'll speak with him coming up in the 8 o'clock hour and plenty more happening on a Thursday at JM in the AM. Sasain Vesimcha, Sasain Vesimcha, Sasain Vesimcha,
Thursday morning with Chaim David Burson in Meshkachech and Kulanu Nizamer, Asher Barra, done by Shal Shellis. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at ANH. Abels and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try ANH today. I want to thank those who've been commenting on the app. I appreciate those who use the app to remind us about significant days. J.A. Morris says, Today is my beloved principal's yard site, a giant of a man and master machanech, a Talmud of the Mir in Shanghai, Rabbi Benjamin Steinberg of Beis Yaakov of Baltimore. May his memory be a blessing indeed so. And I want to thank a listener, Mimi, who mentioned to me that uh, in addition to being at the funeral of Rabbi Orlean today, at Eretz Achaim Cemetery, she had the opportunity to stop by the grave of our dear friend, Mayor Weingarten, and who she misses and we miss. And that was really sweet to post that on the app and to uh, let us know about that uh, all the way from Israel. Much, much appreciated. JM in the AM in America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app.
Yaakov Chesed with Oseh Shalom. Brand new selections made quite an impact out there. Miami before that with Shalom Yisrael. You heard Yaakov Shweki Zishtabach. Thursday morning, JM in the AM. Mazel Tov to those who have completed Meseches Megillah in Dafyomi. And Hatzlach Harabah to those who are starting uh, Meseches Moed Katan tomorrow. What an accomplishment that is. Pretty amazing every time another Siyum is made in the Dafyomi cycle. We love acknowledging that. I have to thank uh, Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler, the Maradasra, the uh, spiritual leader of Congregation Avasachim at A. Jacob and David in West Orange, New Jersey. He uh, connected me to our next guest, who is the author of a brand new book. Gregory Zuckerman is with us. The book is entitled A Shot to Save the World, the inside story of the life or death race for a COVID-19 Vaccine. Gregory Zuckerman is a special writer at the Wall Street Journal where he writes about business, economic, and investing topics. He's a three-time winner of the Gerald Loeb Award, the highest honor in business journalism, regularly appears on different media outlets to discuss business, and is author of The Greatest Trade Ever, The Frackers, and The Man Who Solved the Market. Plus, of course, now author of A Shot to Save the World, the inside story of the life-or-death race for a covid 19 vaccine. Gregory Zuckerman, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Hey, great to be here. I I would imagine there are a lot of answers to the question of when did research begin on the COVID-19 vaccine? Well, there are, and in my book, I describe them. I mean, it's a long story, and it's a reassuring story uh, in a lot of ways. Um, One uh, could get nervous uh, because in 300, literally 330 days from the sequencing of this virus, when it was released in January 2020, 330 days later, we had a vaccine um, that we were rolling out. So one might get a little wary about that. But um, I was reassured because when you dig into the research and you learn about the history and you talk to the scientists who produced this thing, you realize that the work didn't go back years. It went back decades in terms of developing the approaches that led to these vaccines. So I came away pretty reassured, frankly. Are there are there aspects of this that the you know average people like me uh, can appreciate in terms of what was developed 10, 20, or 30 years ago? Was, it, was there a, a specific uh, part of this medication that's in the vaccine or a specific type of uh, apparatus that was used? Like, is there, what, what was done years ago where people kept saying to us, don't worry, this vaccine research did not start when COVID began, but it really began so much earlier? Well, the key is this uh, mRNA, um, messenger RNA. And what's fascinating is that there were a few um, unlikely scientists uh, around the world who said, you know what, we think this molecule can be the basis of a vaccine or, or a drug. And most everybody else kind of dismissed them, ignored them, mocked them, said, don't waste your time on mRNA for, for various reasons. I'll, I'll make it quite simple, but mRNA is a molecule. We all have it in our body. It plays a really important role delivering instructions to the cells to develop proteins but it gets chopped up really quickly it gets eliminated it's a very short-lived molecule so all the experts said don't waste your time on something that gets eliminated by the body and some really persistent scientists some of whom um one came from israel i write about him uh, in my book others from all over the other parts of the world um mostly americans and they said you know what we're going to ignore 
the the conventional wisdom. We're going to ignore the experts. And to their credit, they persisted. And that's kind of what I write about, the, the years of work where they ignored the experts and they made headway. And like you said, there are little things along the way. They had to uh, encase in, in, in this, this molecule to get it into the body so that the body won't chop it up. And it was you know, kind of a different trial and error and it took work. But um, there was a lot of drama behind the scenes that I kind of figured out and, and present to people in the book. Wow. Uh, and the speed with which it happened, and again, you described it as less than a year, right, from the time that the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, excuse me, COVID-19 uh, pandemic began until the vaccine was rolled out. It's when you think about it, and I know in the context of history, obviously, there are times when vaccines took four or five or more years, and obviously there was an era when there are no vaccines. But when you think about it, we, we have to appreciate living in this era and having something be developed with the speed that it was developed. When you're, yeah. when, when you're doing all this research... And you hear, uh, you know, a lot of talking heads on TV and radio and all through the web. And you hear, you know, average people in shul and other places, you know, giving their expertise about why this vaccine is good or no good or why they opt to take it or opt not to take it. I mean, do you roll your eyes a little bit because your level of research into this thing, which concluded, I believe, you'll tell me if I'm right, uh, that you have great faith in the vaccine, you know, has a tremendous amount of uh, a tremendous number of hours of, of research behind it. And when you hear, you know, people out there with no expertise in this area deciding, you know, what they think is the right thing, it must drive you a little crazy. Listen, I, it, no, because if I hadn't done this research, I would be just as skeptical as the next guy in shul who kind of says something to me that, hey, I'm, I'm a little worried about this vaccine. So I, it probably would have been me had I not put all this research and talked to the, the scientists within Moderna, within BioNTech, within Pfizer, all in, within government agencies, et cetera. So I, I empathize with that concern. But what, one thing I really come away with from the book is Hakaratov. You've got to realize this is modern science's greatest uh, accomplishment. And um, had this virus, it, I don't think we realize, had this virus arisen just a few years ago, let's say, I don't know, 2016, right. 2017, we would not have been ready. So the fact that these scientists were ready because of all that, those years of work I talk about is something we really need to appreciate that, um, that they, we, we, you know, Hashem put them in the position to, to be able to save us. Um, and these vaccines... Um, are remarkable. They're, they're, they're something that I don't think anybody would have predicted uh, just a few years ago. So, uh, and one thing people need to also appreciate is the reason why there was such speed involved, why we we're able to roll them out so quickly um, in 2020, 2021, is because there was a lot of money out there to support these vaccines from the government, um, and that would be the Trump administration, from scientists earlier, from private investors. So as a result, we were able to test them, develop them, and manufacture them at the same time. And that's never been done before. So we didn't cut corners. They tested them in, 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 in thousands of people before they were rolled out. But it was because there was, there was so much money out there. Uh, thank God. So you don't, Gregory Zuckerman's with us. He's the author of the book, A Shot to Save the World, the inside story of the life or death race for a COVID-19 vaccine. So you don't take it upon yourself to convince people to take the vaccine. I mean, it's no secret that there are plenty of people in every community around the country uh, that are quote-unquote anti-vaxxers and are very skeptical about this vaccine. Um, I mean, I, I've had three shots, so, you know, I'm not one of them. Uh, but you don't take it upon yourself to uh, the, the role of trying to convince them that this vaccine is, in fact, uh, you know, on the up and up. So I'm a journalist. I'm a, I'm a storyteller. I am not out to persuade anyone. But um, you can't come away from my book 
without um, being reassured that uh, it was years of research that went into these vaccines. They weren't thrown together quickly. They didn't cut corners. And they're very serious-minded scientists. The people I write about, and my book is really about the people. Who, who are the people that create these vaccines, that um, got behind them, that championed them? And they're human. They're um, ambitious. Um, sometimes they want to get rich and famous, um, but they also want to save our lives. They're very mixed characters, and they're not out to hurt. So in some ways, I was very much reassured by talking to these people and doing the research. And I'm a skeptical journalist, so I went in with a lot of questions. But no, it's not my job to convince anyone. Um, I do believe in them. Um, I've had my booster and um, the data is really very persuasive, but it's also very persuasive when you get a chance to talk to the pioneers and the champions that these are serious minded scientists who are really out to help us. And do they make mistakes? Sure. Do the government officials make mistakes? Definitely. Um, but all things being equal, um, we've got to really just be appreciative. And I don't think, we, I think we're too close to it. We don't realize how remarkable these things are, these vaccines, and how these people stepped up. And uh, they, behind the scenes, they've been going 24 7 just to try to create these things. So I'm, I'm appreciative of them. Right. So, I mean, skeptics would say that there's, it's a tremendous industry with a, uh, you know, with a lot of financial reward. And, and, you know, sometimes there are people who roll their eyes when they hear that, you know, a booster is necessary or a fourth vaccine may be necessary because, you know, many people realize and conclude that, uh, you know, if you follow the money trail, there are a lot of people out there who are making a tremendous amount of money on those decisions. So there's like a, you know, it, 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 it's sometimes hard to separate uh, the, the skepticism, the benefit that one looks at that, you know, some may be obtaining from this whole process. Uh, from the science and from the, uh, you know, the life-saving aspect of the entire thing. I agree. And listen, I'm a journalist. I work at the Wall Street Journal. My, uh, <laughs> a lot of what I do is kind of try to be skeptical. And I've written stories about Big Pharma, about Wall Street, about accounting firms. And, you know, there are a certain percentage of every industry where you have to be skeptical and people are doing things maybe with the, not the proper motivations. But the bulk of the people that I've talked to, the researchers in the government labs, the academics behind some of these approaches, the, the executives even at these companies. I mean, I, I know people with stage four cancer who've come into Moderna and, um, and just wanted to save lives. And they've been working so far, so hard over the past year to develop more. And, and they're kicking themselves. They say, we, we wish we had been able to produce more of these vaccines. And to, to, see, to hear their frustration when they see people who, who point, forget about not being resistant and, and not wanting to take these vaccines, they point fingers at them and they accuse them of, of doing things improperly. And it makes them sad. So listen, I'm, I'm close to my subject. I'm close to these scientists. And I've been re reassured by my research for my book. Uh, a couple of things you point out in terms of the bigger picture. One is how government and private industry can work together, because if not for this partnership, we wouldn't be at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's unique um, how it all came together. Um, Operation Warp Speed was really effective for all kinds of different reasons. It, it wrote big checks to the, to the companies, and that allowed them to manufacture vaccines before they were approved. And that's one of the reasons why it went so fast. Why would you manufacture, spend billions of dollars to produce something before it was approved? That's never before, before in history been done. And that's part of the reason why this vaccine was, so, was done so quickly. And the reason was there was a lot of money, both in the government um, and private industry, too. We have to thank Wall Street investors, too. And the other thing is, and, and you just referred to it uh, when you mentioned the cancer, but um, uh, we have to realize that this vaccine and all the revolutionary aspects of it could lead 
uh, to scientists focusing on new challenges. And uh, you write about AIDS and malaria and multiple sclerosis and, of course, cancer, where we're hoping that there will, in fact, be vaccines and other types of therapeutics uh, that will develop because of this whole COVID-19 episode. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm hopeful. I don't want to say optimistic. I don't want to get my hopes up too high. But the whole idea of mRNA, messenger RNA, is you send a message to the body to create a protein. In this case, it was the, the spike protein. We educated the body to fight off uh, this coronavirus. But hypothetically, and this is what scientists are working on right now, you can tell them the body to create any kind of protein um, and teach the body all kinds of lessons. And hypothetically, you could take on all kinds of viruses and diseases and illnesses. And um, I, all I can tell you is that the, the scientists, the people within these companies, in the labs, deep in these labs and these companies in Boston and elsewhere, they're, they're moving on to, and they're focusing on, on the next target and be it cancer, be it MS, be it something else that hounds our community, hounds others. So um, I'm, I'm optimistic and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, how did you get to the conclusion that the virus likely emerged naturally as opposed to originating in a Wuhan lab? So, yeah. So, listen, uh, likely means, I'd say, I don't know, 80% chance. There's a 20% chance that uh, it leaked out. I don't think it was created by the Chinese. That would be kind of silly. We're going to create this this um, virus, um, lethal virus, and be so sure that it's not going to get all spread throughout China. That's probably unrealistic. Did it leak out? It's possible that it leaked out. But, yeah, I'm more in the camp of uh, the fact that um, past viruses there have been so many. There have been other coronaviruses that, that were natural. This one, um, we, we don't have a host, an animal host. We haven't identified one yet. But it takes years sometimes. I mean, I, mean, I remember back in the days of AIDS, I mean, I was young, but I remember people pointing the finger at the CIA and KJB, and, uh, and then eventually they found the animal host. So I think that eventually we'll find the animal host that – started this whole um, new coronavirus. Very interesting. What do you think? Of, I mean, look, you're, you're, you know, you're, I, I get you're a journalist, did a lot of research. The book is amazing. It, it really answers a lot of questions and gives us a lot of hope uh, for both the present and the future, present meaning the uh, efficacy of the uh, COVID-19 vaccine and future because of what we discussed regarding uh, other things that the scientists are going to be pursuing or are already pursuing. Uh, but, but what about the, you have to have, I assume, uh, some opinion about the uh, politicization of the entire episode and how, you know, depending on what side of the aisle you're on or where you come from politically, uh, it usually defines how you feel about every aspect of this uh, a pandemic, including the vaccine. Um, is that unavoidable in your research because it's just such a politicized uh, topic at this point? It's so sad and it's so frustrating. And um, I'm in a unique uh, position in, in, in shul. I'm to the left of a lot of people at work, I'm to, to, to the right of people. So I'm sort of a moderate in, in that way. And it, it's just so sad. It, to me, the problem is there aren't enough cir situations, circumstances where we get to meet people in today's society that don't think like we do. Nowadays, you, you read a Facebook post by someone who you agree with and you interact with people in shul or elsewhere with people you agree with. And you know, we, we don't really interact with, with others. And as a result, we kind of dismiss what they have to say or point a finger at them and accuse them of things. A, a few years ago, I wrote a book called The Frackers, and it was about this energy revolution, how all of a sudden we're, we're producing so much oil and gas in this country. And I traveled to little towns in Oklahoma and North Dakota and Texas and 
um, all, all over the country, Louisiana, and I got to know people. And it was the first time. And you know, you sit across from someone and, and you tell them, "Hey, I sorry, I can't eat this because uh, you know I keep kosher, but I can drink a, a coke with you or something." And, and they respect you and they talk to you and they and, and we have much more in common than you would think with others, people that seem different and. People on the left don't interact with the right and, and, and vice versa, and it's really sad to me. And um, uh, like everything else in society, this vaccine has become politicized, and it really shouldn't be. You can be wary, but look at the research and figure out how it, how it evolved. Um, don't don't rely on your brother-in-law who put something on Facebook and, and I heard something on YouTube. You know, pick up a book or, or, or get some information and, and try to be informed, but it doesn't have to be politicized, and yet like everything else in society, it is. Uh, and one way to start uh, f- finding out about the research and investigating all of this is with your book. Gregory Zuckerman's book is entitled A Shot to Save the World, the Inside Story of the Life or Death Race for a COVID-19 Vaccine. The book is amazing, and I really appreciate you joining us this morning. Continued good luck to you. Thank you, and I love your show, so uh, keep up uh, your good work as well. Appreciate that very, very much. And a big thank you to Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler, who is the uh, spiritual leader of Congregation Avas Achimene, Jacob and David in West Orange, New Jersey, for connecting me to Gregory Zuckerman, uh, who is a, a Wall Street Journal uh, writer, uh, a special writer and uh, author of other books aside from the one we discussed this morning. And he regularly appears on many media outlets, especially on the topic of business and finance. Thursday morning broadcast. More coming up at JM in the AM.
כל אדם מחפש מקומות ונופים חדשים בעולם. הוא חוצה יבשות וימים במסע של הנפש לשם. על כנפי מחוזות הדמיון הוא מפליג בספינה אל הים, אך בסוף זה הלב, הלב שמוביל, מוביל אותנו לשם. כל הדרכים משלילים, מכחישים, משתתים, מובילים לירושלים. כל התפילות, הדמעות, בקשות, מחשבות. Thursday morning, J.M. and the A.M. Avram Freed, Yerushalayim Shebalev. Mia Dir, done by Mordechai Shapiro, Michal Przanski's bow near code, and Kol Sasson, that was RJ2 to open up that set here on a Thursday morning broadcast, where again we say Mazal Tov to those who are completing Meseches Megillah and Daf Yomi. Hatzlacha Rabbah to those who are starting Meseches Moed Katan tomorrow. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nachum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. And uh, we'll speak to you during the live lunch as well. You could uh, interact with us through the app in that manner. 
Uh, I want to go through the lineup for today at 9 o'clock. Just a few minutes from now, Charlie Harari on the topic of modeling a gratitude mindset. At 9.30, spin class with Michael Fragan. Michael will speak with Mark Trencher, president of Nishma Research, discussing finances and affordability of Jewish life. Jew in the City Speaks, Allison Joseph has Dr. Leah Shire to discuss her latest book, The Last Words We Said. Uh, 10.30, Miriam Alwalek has Rabbi Anshul Pearl, spiritual leader of Chabad of Mineola, to preview the Sunday night upcoming virtual Tu Bishvat Seder. Uh, live lunch will be at 11 o'clock at 7 p.m. It is the Erev Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zamek and brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That is happening at 7 p.m., 3 a.m., and 10 a.m. Uh, three opportunities to hear the brand-new Erev Shabbos show specifically for Shabbos Shira, which is pretty cool. Uh, so that's happening um, uh, tonight starting at 7. Make sure to be tuned in tomorrow, of course, JM and the AM. Tubishvat special on Monday. And the more coming up now as a Yummy Lowy joins us at JM in the AM.
Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Thursday here at JM in the AM. Plenty coming up, as we said. Full lineup. No reason to touch that dial. Keep it here all through today, all through tomorrow, and you will enjoy incredible programming. Round the clock. I'll speak to you at 11 o'clock during the live lunch. Keep that in mind. And plenty more coming up, of course, all day long. Charlie Harari is next. Thanks for tuning in. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.